Hey guys, welcome to episode 17 of Prospect Barn. I'm Curtis Ratner. Today we'll be recapping the Frozen Four and the NHL trade deadline. It should be a jam-packed episode and I'm excited to get into it. Uh, starting off with the Frozen Four, the first game was St. Cloud State against Minnesota State. And in my opinion, this might have been the best game of the entire tournament. Uh, 5-4, St. Cloud State ended up taking it. It was a crazy back and forth game. Minnesota State was down 3-1, ended up scoring three straight to go up 4-3. Uh, St. Cloud State got some big goals from uh, Kyler Kupka and Joe Molinar, both only in the lineup because of injuries. Molinar's goal actually tied the game with just under 10 minutes left. And then with 53 seconds left, Nolan Walker uh, deflection on a shot from the point from uh, Donahue. And uh, that was all she wrote, 5-4 final. Uh, Dryden McKay from Minnesota State, he wasn't bad. I, I guess he could have been better. I, I really thought he he would have been better in the sense that if they wanted to win, he had to be great. Like, he has been all year, but he allowed five goals. The third one's the only one I guess you can kind of pin on him. But uh, regardless, I mean, he had to be outstanding for them to win. And as good as he's been all year, I thought he was... Uh, I thought it was just average in that game. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fault him for the game by any means. He uh, said the third goal was the only one that he could really make an argument he could have had. Um, the next game was UMass against Minnesota Duluth. Uh, as I mentioned last episode, UMass without two key players and their leading goal scorer Carson Gasevich and their starting goalie Philip Lindbergh, who were both out due to COVID contact tracings, meaning they never actually had it. Uh, Arguably their best player of the entire season and tournament, Zach Jones, opened the scoring for the Minutemen on a beautiful shot in the power play. Uh, UMD ended up scoring two straight, both hardworking, greasy, lean back, uh, greasy rebound goals by Lander Oot and then uh, Kepke. Uh, Kepke ended up getting his own rebound on his. Uh, Anthony Delgaizo then tied the game at 2 2 with just over 11 minutes left. Uh, UMD had an unbelievable chance with just under a minute left, uh, missing by a matter of inches. The puck slid just wide after barely barely grazing the left inside of Murray's pad, and the game went into overtime. Uh, I'd say for the most part, the first 15 minutes of OT were pretty uneventful, a few chances here or there. Uh, Then UMD couldn't get a puck out, and Bobby Trevino... Uh, made a great feed to Garrett Wade. You just had to tap it in, and that sent UMass to their first ever national championship game. Final score was three to two. Uh, congratulations to UMass. Congratulations to St. Cloud State on both arriving in the Natty. Uh, unfortunately, this game wasn't nearly as good as the two semifinal games. As UMass absolutely pumped them five zero. Never really a game. Uh, Gasevich and Lindbergh are both back in the lineup, like I had hoped they would be, assuming that UMass won, and then they both tested negative, which is eventually what happened. Uh, if, you, if you did tail my UMass National Championship plus 350, uh, I'm glad you guys did. I'm happy to help. Um, Lindbergh was great, 25-save shutout. Uh, outside of him, I thought Gasevich, Lebster, Kessel, uh, both the Delgazo brothers, uh, Laganov, Trevino, and Zach Jones uh, were their best players. Uh, again, just congrats to UMass on their first ever national championship. Uh, I, I was rooting for him all along. Zach Jones is a Rangers prospect. Actually just signed his entry level a couple days ago. So I've been following them pretty closely all year, mainly because of him. But uh, they're an easy to root for team, and I'm glad that their program finally has that first natty. Um, the all-tournament team was very UMass heavy. Uh, Philip Lindbergh, UMass. Zach Jones, UMass. Matthew Kessel, UMass. Bobby Trevino, UMass. And then it was uh, Nathan Smith from Minnesota State and Nolan Walker from St. Cloud State. And then Bobby Trevino, UMass, was named to be the tournament's most outstanding player. 
Uh, that'll pretty much wrap up the Frozen Four. I love this tournament every year, and let's hope next year's is uh, just as exciting as this one. Uh, moving on now, we're going to go over the trade deadline. I'm probably just going to scroll here through the trade tracker, find a couple trades I think are worth noting, and then I have some notes to go through after that. But uh, I guess it was, it was a somewhat eventful trade deadline after seeming that we weren't going to have too many uh, big deals, but it ended up coming through. Uh, we talked about the Palmieri and Zajac deals with the Islanders on last podcast. It happened right before we recorded, so I'm not going to go into any detail about that really. Uh, first trade we'll talk about here, uh, Chicago Blackhawks acquired Brett Connolly, Riley Stillman, Henrik Bjorkstrom in a 2021 seventh. The Florida Panthers received Lucas Carlson and Lucas Walmark. Uh, Lucas Carlson's a solid depth center, uh, or Lucas Walmark, apologies, a solid depth center. Uh, Carlson's a depth defenseman as well. I, I don't think this trade is going to make them a make or break team, but I like the ad for them, uh, on a playoff push and the Florida team has been very surprising all year. Uh, Henrik Borgstrom, I'm sure a couple of you guys remember from a few years ago, he was letting it up at the University of Denver. Uh, people thought he could be, had the tools to be a solid NHL player, but it hasn't really panned out. He hasn't been steady in the NHL really his entire career. Um, but I still think the talent's there and there's time for him to develop and he's still got some potential there. The Leafs acquired Riley Nash from the Blue Jackets for a 2022 seventh uh, and immediately placed him on LTIR, which is a great move by Dubis, pretty much getting them more cap space. Um, nothing really much more to that deal. Patrick Nemeth, defenseman, going to Colorado from the Wings for a 2022 fourth. Just a depth defenseman ad for Colorado, a team that you, know, you can never have too much depth. Uh, you're not giving up too much with a fourth, uh, fourth in 2022. So I, I like the move. Nemeth's obviously a guy they don't see being in their lineup, but you all know how playoff hockey works, injuries that come along. Uh, Florida Panthers back at it again, getting Brandon Montour from the Sabres for a 2021 third. Uh, depth defenseman can never have too many of them come playoff time. This next trade's a very interesting one, just because I feel like a lot of people kind of wrote it off as nothing. Uh, Devin Dubnik to the Avs for a 2021 fifth in defenseman Greg Pattern. Uh, if you remember at last year's playoffs for Colorado, Grubauer goes down, Francois goes down, and they ended up starting their third string goalie, Michael Hutchison, in the playoffs. And obviously they're looking to avoid any form of that again. They make the deal for Dubnik, who I don't think is a stud by any means. He's Obviously, they're going to want Grubauer playing, but I think Devin Dubnik is a much more reliable option than Johannesson, who is currently their backup. So I do like the trade for them. They didn't give up too much. Uh, we got a three-teamer right here. Uh, a couple picks going to Detroit and Columbus, but most importantly, uh, defenseman Brian Lashoff and David Savard end up in Tampa. Again, playoff team making depth defenseman moves, not giving up too too much. You got to like the deals. Uh, scrolling down here, a couple of these really not worth mentioning. Uh, probably the third biggest trade, in my opinion, Nick Foligno to the Leafs. Uh, the, Le the Leafs acquire Foligno. The Jackets get a 2022 fourth and a 2021 first. Uh, is it a bit of an overpay? Maybe. I like to trade for both teams. Foligno's... Uh, Going to come in, help the Leafs with depth scoring for sure. He's actually slated to, on the first line with Matthews and Marner in his uh, debut tonight, which should be interesting. But uh, I like what they were able to get back of it. The Leafs get a veteran guy. They now have four players that were at one point captain of NHL teams in John Tavares, Nick Felino, Joe Thornton, and Jason Spezza. And uh, good for the Jackets, able to get a first-round pick out of that as well. 
somewhat under the radar one right here. Mike Riley to Boston for a 2022 third. Uh, I like Mike Riley. He's a good puck-moving defenseman. He's looked very, very poised in his first few games in Boston already, so that should be, uh, that should be a good move for them. Ottawa just... Again, selling pieces right now, getting better for the future. Ottawa's got a very bright future ahead of them. I know they're really bad right now, but you wait a couple years, they'll be, they'll be a good team. I, I truly believe that. Uh, next up, the Leafs getting David Riddick for a 2022 third from Calgary. This is weird to me. I saw news that Freddie was skating, and then this comes out. I don't know if they have any interest on moving Freddie off the LTIR. At this point, it seems that they don't. They're going to ride with Riddick as a backup into the playoffs, I guess, and Jack Campbell's their guy, and why not? He's been great. But uh, I, I thought Freddie would be would be back by then, but I, I don't know what they're what they're thinking there. Uh, the Islanders get Braden Coburn for a 2022 seventh. Again, playoff team, depth defenseman, you know, self-explanatory. I love this next trade for the Bruins. Absolutely love it. They get Taylor Hall and Curtis Lazar. Buffalo gets a 2021 second and Anders Bjork. Uh, first off, Curtis Lazar is a good young player. Still has a lot of room to improve. He's already made that fourth line look a lot better in Boston. Next, Taylor Hall's already said, one, that he has interest in re-signing in Boston. Two, he's matched his season goal total in his first three games in Boston than he had all year at Buffalo. And three, he just looks like a more complete player. He's faster on pucks. He's grinding harder in the corners. Taylor Hall just looks like a completely rejuvenated player, and rightfully so. It's really hard to look good on that Buffalo team this year, and the fact that Taylor Hall looked that bad just kind of proves it. The next trade I'm higher on than most. Uh, I don't think it's a blockbuster, obviously, by any means, but Jeff Carter to Pittsburgh for a conditional in 2022 third-round pick and a conditional 2023 fourth-round pick. Uh, obviously, you're not getting 2012-2014 Stanley Cup champion Jeff Carter. You're not getting that guy. But when you get Malkin back and then your depth on the middle is going to be Crosby, Malkin, Carter, I think that's as good as it comes in NHL right now. Jeff Carter's got a great – he's a right-handed shot. He's got a great shot. It's a team that's very left-handed heavy. I think he'll come in, help the power play, and as a third-line center with Crosby and Malkin ahead of you, I don't think center depth gets much better than that in the NHL today. Um, the Oilers, only move they made, they got Dmitry Kulikov from the Devils for a conditional 2022 pick. Uh, I would have loved to see them do more. I'll go into that a little bit later. Uh, Lightning, Freddie Clayson for uh, Mangus Chorna. Uh, sure. Uh, I, 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 I like getting a depth defenseman. I don't know anything about Chorna, but uh, the Golden. All right, so a lot going on in this trade. Essentially, what you need to know is the Knights get Matias Yanmark, the Blackhawks get a couple picks, the Sharks get a fifth round pick, and four getting. And they get that pick for taking on Yamark's salary, so Vegas doesn't have to. That's pretty much breaking it down. It's more complicated than it seems. That's the gist of it. Uh, Carl Soderberg goes back to the Avs for Ryder Olston and Jason uh, Josh Dickinson. Uh, he was solid in Colorado. I don't see why he shouldn't be again. He obviously wasn't having as much success in Chicago, but uh, I like the move again. Just depth team or playoff teams not giving up too much for depth. I feel like that's it's the biggest uh, biggest theme you'll see at the deadline every year. Uh, Sam Bennett finally got moved. He's headed to Florida along with the 2022 uh, 6th. Um, Emily Heineman, Emil Heineman, and a 2022 second-round pick are going to Calgary. Obviously, when Calgary took Bennett at third overall, they were hoping for more than this out of him. They were hoping if they – I'm assuming if they did ever move him, they'd want a much better return than this. But uh, it was obvious he wanted out of there. It was just a matter of time. And uh, hopefully for Florida's sake, he kind of refines his career down there. 
Uh, another depth move by the Leafs, Ben Hutton for a 2022 fifth to the Ducks. Uh, I guess the Preds got better. Eric Branson for Brandon Fortunato and a 2023 seventh. I would like them to see you do a little bit more, maybe. I don't think they're real contenders, but they've been made a playoff push right now, so you never know. Uh, this one's a little bit of a shocker to me. Hayden Flurry to the Ducks for Jan uh, Haka, Hakapan, Hakapana and a 2022 sixth. Um, I, I think Hayden Flurry's got potential. Uh, I, I'm surprised to see the Canes part ways with them like that. Uh, Caps acquired Michael Roffel depth forward for a 2021 fifth from the Flyers. I like that. Uh, this next one I like a lot too, probably a little bit under the radar. I think the Jets acquired Jordy Ben from Vancouver for a 2021 sixth. Uh, the Jets defense needs a lot of help. I think Jordy Ben is a, a small step in the right direction, but not enough to fill, to fill what they're missing by any means. Uh, I still don't like this team against Edmonton or Toronto in a playoff series, but, uh, this is definitely a, a move that will help their decor a lot. And then this is the last move seemingly happening just seconds before the deadline uh, news actually broke but after, I believe. I don't even know when the official time the deal went down was. But uh, the biggest move of the deadline, in my opinion, and that's Anthony Mantle going to Washington uh, from the wings in exchange for Jacob Verana, Richard Ponick, a 2021 first and a 2022 second. So I'm going to explain this trade a little bit more in a, in a minute. Uh, Jacob Verana, great young forward. A lot of speed, RSC Stanley Cup champion, Richard Ponick, uh, solid depth guy. You get a first and a second for Mantha. Now, I think that in the long term, I'm with everybody. All right, the Wings fleeced them in this deal. That's all I'll say for now. I'll go into it in a second once I once I go into my breakdown to the winners and losers. But uh, I think there's more to that trade. Well, not more to the trade. Just a whole a different perspective of looking at it than the way everyone else is. Uh, this is a no order right here. I'm just going to rattle off some winners and the teams that I think were some losers. Uh, the Bruins winners, obviously Taylor Hall. We just talked about Lazar Riley's already fit in nicely there. Love what the Bruins did. I think they're set to go on a run, honestly, which is not really too easy for me to admit. Not a huge Bruins guy, but, uh, they look, they look very good right now. Uh, the caps. Now this is the Mantha thing. I cannot stress enough, in the long term, they are big losers. In the future, they are big losers in this trade. It was They give up way too much. But I will say, right now, the Capitals are a better team than they were last week in this trade. They are. Anthony Mantha, I think right now, is a better player than Vrana. I think he's been underrated his whole career. He's been, in a, he's been struggling. He's been on a team that's been struggling in Detroit his entire career. I think on a good team, playing top six minutes, I think Mantha will flourish. And I think the Caps are a better team right now. But again, they're losers. So they're winners and losers, I guess you want to say it. They're winners because they're better right now. But in the long term, they're losers. I do not like to trade at all. Uh, the Leafs, winners for sure. Felino is a, a huge ad for them, uh, along with some depth. Uh, another note about the Leafs is Ken Sandine being in the lineup full-time. Every time I see this kid play, I think he looks great. I don't know why they don't have him playing all the time. He played the other day. He looked great. Uh, the Avs, they didn't do too much. Uh, Soderberg, Dubnik, and Nemeth, but they're just so good. They're still winners, if that makes sense. Just anything you can do to already help that team, they're, they're winners. And then the Isles. Uh, we talked about the trade last podcast. We didn't go into it uh, this episode. But uh, you can't feel, fill the void of losing your captain in Andres Lee, but they did the best they can with Palmieri. They got Zajac out of it, too. Uh, I like that trade a lot for them. Losers, I only got two, really. There's probably more. Uh, I'm just saying my, my big two, the Sabres. How, how, how 
can you not get a first-round pick for Hall and Lazard? There's rumors the Islanders offered a first-round pick in an exchange for Hall like about a week before the deal with the Bruins went through, and Buffalo was like, no, we can get more. And I don't know the truthness behind that, but I believe it. I believe there was an offer with the first-round pick in there for Taylor Hall. I don't know how, especially when you throw in Lazard, a solid young player. I just don't understand how this trade does not get a first-round pick coming back toward them. Uh, Awful trade for the Sabres, who are just struggling in every way possible right now. Uh, The Oilers, they needed to make another move. You guys know this might be a little biased. I have that flyer on them at 40-1. to Uh, Just... You know, why not type bet? They have such an elite offense. The Canadian division is pretty weak. All you really need them to do is win our round. They play the Leafs. I have both those bets. You can kind of hedge from there and be good at 40-1. to But I just don't understand how all you can cough up is a conditional pick in one move. Uh, Ken Holland, I don't think it was a great look. Pretty much what he says, essentially, is you can't go all in every year, which is understandable. Obviously, you can't. But if not now, then when? The Canadian division is the easiest road to the conference final or semifinal, whatever you want to call it this year, because it's not technically conferences. But that's the easiest road to the semifinal they'll probably ever have. I like this Oilers team against the Jets. Um, and then you have the Leafs, who granted I've said the same thing about. It's the easiest road for them as well. But the Leafs are notorious playoff chokers. They could easily choke again. Um, why is this not the year to go all in? You have two of the best players in the world. Just make a trade for a depth forward or something. Like, how, how can you not give up more than one conditional pick? Uh, the Caps give up a fifth-round pick for Michael Roffel. You're telling me you couldn't match that or make a similar move for a team looking to sell a depth forward? I, I don't understand it whatsoever. This is the best the Oilers have looked in years. And, I mean, with the way those two are playing right now, you, you get another line that is a threat to score. And I think this team really potentially could do something. Mike Smith's been really good for them. The defense is not great, but it's better than I thought it was. I don't know. Maybe a little biased there because I'm upset. They didn't do more of a move because I have the bet, but it is what it is. Uh, I got a quick North division stat for you here just to show how wild it's been all year. The, uh, the Habs are five and two against the Oilers. The Jets are five and two against the Habs and the Oilers are five and two against the Jets. So kind of funny there. Um, back to some young player news. Spencer Knight has first career start and his first career win the other night, stopping 33 of 34 shots in a 5-1 win over the Jackets. Congrats to him. He's got all the tools to be a great goal in this league for a long time and a player I like to root for. Uh, Kirill, Kapriz- Kirill Kaprizov broke the wild franchise record for goals by a rookie with 19. And keep in mind, he's only played 45 games. Uh, he's been unbelievable, living up to all the hype and much more. Uh, Wild fans are absolutely obsessed with him, and rightfully so. He's a great, great young player. Uh, The last thing we're going to talk about here before we wrap this up is the uh, 2021 IIHF U18 World Championships will begin on April 26th in Frisco, Texas. Uh, Tournament will run from April 26th to May 6th. Uh, I'll have a lot more insight on that in a later episode. But I uh, just wanted to get you guys prepared to turn and around the corner. Obviously not quite as big as the World Juniors, which is the U20s. But uh, this is a great tournament to, to, to get a great feel of what the uh, upper end of the first round of a draft will look like in a couple years. Because these kids are, uh, I mean, the, the, these kids are just the kids that will be playing the World Juniors in a few years for the most part. It's the next wave of superstars in the NHL at a very young age. It's exciting to see. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed and uh, talk soon.